Hey, you guys, welcome to the start of a new series we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. We're going to be journeying through one of the most famous verses in the Bible that is found in many songs. It's recited at times of battle, at funerals, or used in times of grieving to bring comfort. The beautiful and rich symbolism and, and profound truths found in Psalm 23 by David can be applied to us today. And so we're going to be breaking down over the next couple of weeks or a few weeks, um, the six verses in this chapter to see just how we can do that and apply this verse to our lives today. Um, and so for tonight, we're going to be looking at verse 1 of Psalm 23, and I titled this message, The Shepherd. And I'm going to be sharing just three applicable truths that we can pull from this verse. Um, but before we dive in, like I always like to do, I just like to call on our Father just to... to just speak through me in this time. And so will you guys just pray again with me? God, we, we just want to continue to invite you into this time, Lord. God, please um, help me just to depend on you, to find my strength through you. God, I pray that, that you would speak through me. Anything that is not of you, Lord, would just be forgotten, dismissed. But God, we pray that your truth and your spirit, God, would plant seeds in our hearts that would would just bring us to a place of, of just falling more in love with you. God, I, you know each heart that has walked through these doors. You know some that are, are heavy, some that are anxious, uh, some that maybe are just in, the, in a great place and feeling joy, Lord. And I pray that you meet each of us right where we're at and that we would receive your truth and your word, God. May we recognize your voice over any other voices in our life, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So I actually want to start out by reading the, the whole passage of, of Psalm 23, 1 through 6, and then we'll break it down, like I said, more verse by verse uh, in the weeks to come. But it starts um, here. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So what we'll see in the weeks to come, is that each verse hinges on this very first part of verse 1. In fact, you can almost read each consecutive verse uh, as, because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, or because the Lord is my shepherd, he makes me lie down in green pastures, and, and so on, and so on. And we see that David, the author of the psalm, chose to use the imagery of a shepherd to describe how he viewed God and his relationship with him. And it makes sense because David knew what that type of relationship looked like because before he was a king and a warrior and all these things, he was a shepherd himself. A.W. Tozer says, what comes into your minds when you think about of God or when we think of God is the most important thing about us. And I believe this, this statement is so true because how we view God or what we think of God dictates how we have 
relationship with him, and ultimately how we live our life. For example, if, if you view God as this distant, like supernatural being that's way up in the sky and the clouds that seems just impersonal, um, chances are you're not going to experience the transformative life that he offers us. Chances are you're not going to be depending on him very much if you have this view of him. It's going to be more of like an acquaintance type of relationship. And, and every time I think of the word acquaintance, um, I can't help but be reminded that when I was in elementary school, probably like around eight or nine years old, uh, my identical twin brother and I, people would always come up to us and ask, oh, are you guys like best friends? And, and this is clearly before we truly understood the definition of the word acquaintance. But we'd be like, no, 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 we're, we're just acquaintances. Like, and so people probably thought we were just joking, but we, we really tried to say, like, we're not best friends, we're just acquaintances. Like, as if we just happened to know each other, you know, live in the same house and came from the same womb, all this stuff. But... Yeah, we're just acquaintances. But anyways, all that to say, you don't want an acquaintance type of relationship with God. Maybe some of you might view God as maybe this angry father who is just waiting to punish his children. And chances are, if, if that's how you view him, that you're, you're not going to be very excited to spend daily time with him. And so, again, we see from the, start, the very first part of this verse that David views God as his shepherd. And notice he doesn't say the Lord is a shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. He views his relationship with God as very personal. And this view of God dictates how David lives his life. As the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. And we're going to look into this idea of a shepherd a little deeper and to just to better understand maybe why God inspired David to call him and view him as a shepherd. But before we do that, in the words of Charles Spurgeon, before a man can truly say the Lord is my shepherd, he must first feel, first feel himself to be a sheep by nature. And so what does that mean? It's actually where we're pulled the first applicable truth tonight, and it's we need to recognize that we're like sheep in desperate need of a shepherd. Of all the animals that are out there, sheep are probably one of the most needy animals. And some of you may already know some of the, the facts or, or things about sheep, but I'll just share a few things about sheep. First, sheep without a shepherd are more likely to grow stressed and disoriented they're vulnerable to, to predators and disease. There's some cases where the sheep will fall over because of the weight of the wool on them, especially if there's been like a heavy rain or if they happen to, to fall in some water. Like, I mean, just imagine having a huge wool coat on and falling in the water. That would be pretty tough to get up, and that's what would happen. So you don't blame sheep for being scared of being near some, some moving water. Um, but basically, sheep in general are, are very easy prey. And some sheep are too weak to feed themselves, or if they're injured, they would completely depend on a shepherd to feed them, to carry them, or to lead them to a clean water source. Because if some sheep, if they're not led to clean water, what they do is they would drink from where their hoof imprints were at, and they would drink the, the residual of like mud water mixed with urine and feces, and it just 
isn't very good for them. And so they need a shepherd that's going to lead them and guide them to cleaner waters. And here's an interesting but very irrelevant to the message fact about sheep that I saw. It said that there's been so many studies that have actually found that sheep can be pessimistic or optimistic. And I'm just like, I'm really curious to how they have these tests. Like, tell me, sheep, what, are you, what is your view of, of, of today? Like, what are you hoping for? And they're just like, I'm not feeling very good about it. Yeah. But anyways, it was on the internet, so it has to be true. Um, but sheep are dependent on their shepherd. And without their sheep, they are more prone to wander and get lost. Isaiah 53, 6 says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way. And so we have some of the similar characteristics of sheep where we can get lost at times. We can be vulnerable to attacks from the enemy when we're on our own. Because, and sometimes we fall down and we feel as though we, we can't pull ourselves up because of the weight of our struggles or hardships. And so before we can acknowledge God as our shepherd, like David did, we need to recognize that we are like sheep in desperate need of a shepherd. We are dependent upon him. We are lost without him. And I get it. To be likened to sheep today, it's become like a derogatory term. Um, you know, and it's usually in reference to people who follow blindly either a person or a political position or a social narrative. But the reality is we are all following one master or one shepherd one way or another. And I don't know about you guys, but I want to make sure that I'm following the right one. And that leads to our second applicable truth, which is we need to recognize God as the good shepherd. And so let's look at some of the characteristics of the right or the good shepherd that reflects what David was inferring with his imagery of God being his shepherd. You see, good shepherds are protectors of their sheep. They protect their sheep at any cost. They provide for them. They lead them. They guide them to places of rest. They lead them to clean water sources like we talked about. They chase after them if the sheep get lost or go astray. They carry the wounded or injured sheep. They'll put them over their shoulders sometimes. And they comfort the sheep and help them to feel not afraid or stressed. And the cool thing is that sheep recognize their, shep their shepherd's voice. And I want you guys to just watch this, this quick clip here and we'll continue.
Do you recognize your shepherd's voice over all the voices in this world? Do you hear how he speaks to you? That you are loved unconditionally, that you are forgiven, that you hold so much value that he thought you were worth sending his one and only son to the cross to bring you into right relationship with him? Or do you respond to the other voices that maybe imitate the voice of the shepherd but are clearly not good? So understanding a shepherd's role and relationship he's, he has with his sheep helps us understand why David would refer to God as his shepherd. It's believed that at the time that David wrote this psalm that he was running for his life. He was terrified as his own son Absalom was, was basically hunting him to kill him and to take over his kingship. And you can imagine that while David is in hiding and running for his life, that he's reminded of how he would care and protect and take care of his sheep when he was a young shepherd. And in that he would think, how much more would the perfect shepherd then protect me and defend me in this time of need? What's interesting is that this, this idea of God being a shepherd, it's not unique to the situation with David. In fact, it's throughout the Bible we see the same imagery of God as a shepherd um, in the Old Testament. The first reference to God as an Israel shepherd is found in Genesis 48, 15 through 16. It's when Jacob is, is, is basically on his deathbed and he's blessing his son Joseph's two children two boys, and it reads, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. And then a chapter later, uh, this metaphor is revisited again in Genesis 49, 24, and I'll just paraphrase it, basically a, pro a prophecy again that relates to J Joseph but it uses the shepherd metaphor to speak of God again. And then multiple scriptures elaborate on this theme of God as the good shepherd. And the most famous one is the one we're covering tonight, which is Psalm 23. But it's also found in Psalm 80, verse 1, 2, which again mentions God shepherding Joseph. And then in Isaiah 40, 11, he says, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And he says again in Psalm 78, 52 through 53, it's describing God leading his people out of Egypt like sheep. And in Micah 7, 14, which calls God to shepherd his people. And we also see that God speaks through these prophets. Um, there's Jeremiah, Isaiah, Zechariah. Ezekiel and several other prophets, God speaks through them, and he's basically criticizing the way that the rulers and the kings in the Israel, they're failing miserably at shepherding his flock, the Israelites. And we see his response to how he will shepherd his people in Ezekiel 34, 11 through 16. So he's saying this after he, he, he just finished saying how bad of shepherds these leaders have been before just misleading the Israelites, and, and now they're all strayed and scattered everywhere. And so this is what he says, for this is what the, the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep.
I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered on the day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel, in the ravines, and in all the settlements in the land. I will tend to them in a good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lie down in good grazing land, and there they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. And then it goes on further in Ezekiel 34, 23 through 24. He says, I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will tend them, and he will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be the prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. And so what is the significance of all this? We see that the Bible is riddled throughout with this imagery of a shepherd. And we see again the description of what a good shepherd looks like. And what he does for his sheep in comparison to the bad shepherds that failed to lead the Israelites throughout the years. And what you'll understand when you start to read the Bible, everything points to Jesus. You see this last part of Ezekiel where God is saying, my servant David will tend to them. He isn't talking about the same David that wrote this Psalm 23 because David at this point is already passed away. But we learn that David in Hebrew means beloved. And so what we're seeing is a prophecy of a coming of Jesus Christ. When Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist in Mark 1.11, a voice came from heaven saying to Jesus, he says, you are my beloved son. With you I am well pleased. And then we see Jesus say in John 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And then he continues on in in verses 14 through 16. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And they shall be one flock and one shepherd. And so this is the fulfilling of the promises of God that he spoke in Ezekiel, where he says he will place the Israelites over one, having one shepherd. And Jesus is making this same claim is, is him identifying himself as God, which he has done several times in the New Testament when he called himself the bread of life or the light of the world or I am. He takes Old Testament imagery related to God and applies it to himself because he is God. And Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd, distinguishing him from the bad shepherds of the past that completely misled the Israelites into following idols and disobeying God and his commands. And Jesus fulfills what the Israelites could not. He embodies the perfect Israelite, the one who fulfilled the law, the true leader of Israel being both truly God and truly man. Jesus is able to represent both the Israel and God at the same time in this single metaphor of a shepherd. And so let me try to bring this all back 
to Psalm 23. I, I really just want us to get the significance of this line from David. Now, when, when you read Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I hope you feel like you have a little bit better understanding why God inspired David to see him in this way. You see, the whole overarching story of the Bible, in a sense, is about a shepherd who from the very beginning has been consistently pursuing his scattered sheep in the flock that have gone astray. And he's trying to bring them back together under his care and protection. God truly is the good shepherd. And he knew what was going to come many years later, even after the death of David. The coming of his beloved son, Jesus Christ, who like a good shepherd would ultimately lay down his life for his sheep and bring them back together in relationship with him. The question is, do you recognize him as your good shepherd? Or do you see him as maybe just a shepherd? And if you see him as your shepherd like David saw him, then the second part of this verse is going to make a lot more sense to you. And it brings us to our third applicable truth here, which is we need to recognize that he provides all we need. So the second part of this verse in Psalm 23:1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's some versions that say I lack nothing or I have all that I need. Again, it's this first part of this verse that gives meaning to all that follows. It, it contains logical flow. Again, because the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing or I have all that I need or I shall not want. If I have him, I have everything. He is mine, and so I have all that I need, meaning that God will provide me everything that I need. And the issue of whether I desire things beyond that is beside the point. The message of the psalm would say that if you don't have something, no matter how bad you want it or crave it, you don't really need it. Because if you did really need it, the good shepherd would provide it for you. And this is a profoundly God-centered view of life and everything in it. This psalm is a tool in God's hand that he uses to recalibrate our hearts and our desires. It is an oasis in our materialistic wasteland, our culture and our world that says that you need to have more and more. And this verse invites us to stop and rest a while and consider afresh who God is for us in the endless riches of his covenant love. David, it seems, knew in advance what the Apostle Paul would later describe as the ability to live. In 2 Corinthians 6.10, he says, having nothing, yet possessing everything. David knows that God has supplied all that he's ever needed up to this point in his life. And David, who had many things and was many things, he was a warrior, a king, a husband, a father, but he found his true contentment in being like a sheep under the care of his shepherd. He recognized that all he really needed was found in the Lord. And a lot of times, unfortunately, we as people, we don't come to this conclusion until we're usually near the end of life. And if we have that luxury to even contemplate such a thing, we realize how meaningless some of the things that we lose sleep over in comparison to eternity with the Lord. 
In Matthew 6, 25, 33, Jesus, he speaks on, on some of this worry that we have. So Jesus says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying had a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And these are the words of a good shepherd. He's telling us that he will take care of us as a shepherd takes care of his flock. But he says to seek him first. And so are we doing that? Are we seeking the shepherd, or are we simply seeking what we think he can give us. And I, and I don't ask that condescendingly because I know for myself that sometimes I, I find myself seeking the gifts and the things instead of the giver of these gifts and things. So Psalm 23:1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. How do we apply this to our lives today? First, again, we need to recognize that we are like sheep, desperate for our shepherd. And secondly, we need to recognize that God is that good shepherd that we desperately need. And then thirdly, because he is a good shepherd, we need to recognize that he provides all that we need. So let me ask this again. What comes to your mind when you think about God and who he is to you? Understanding that this is the most important thing about you because it will dictate how you have relationship with him and ultimately dictate how you live your life. Do you see him as a distant supernatural being way up in the sky that you maybe have an acquaintance-like relationship? Do you see him as this angry father who's waiting to punish you? Do you think of him as just a shepherd or do you know him and love him as your shepherd, knowing that he is with you and willing to provide, protect, and guide you and lead you through this crazy life? When you face difficult times, do you remember like, like this truth like David did when he was in this time of need? Do you remember and see God as a good shepherd? Do you see him as a good shepherd when you are single and you're praying for a relationship? Do you see him as a good shepherd when you lose a loved one? Do you see him as a good shepherd when you are sick or when you're failing your classes or you lose your job or you're unsure what comes next after college? Do you see him as your good shepherd when you're struggling with your mental health? And I believe if we are seeing him as our good shepherd, 
like David did, we would know that we are in good hands. And we wouldn't be caught up in the things that, that we want in this life, but we'd be appreciative of how he provides all that we need. So if you guys were here, if any of you were here this past Sunday, Pastor Allen talked about faith and trust. And in that, he shared in Mark a story about a father and his possessed son who he asked Jesus, or he asked if Jesus could heal. And Jesus responded back, if, if you can. And then he said that everything is possible for those, for the one who believes. And to which the man exclaimed, I do believe, but help me in my unbelief. And I think if we're honest, there's times when we might get it right. and We might have faith and believe that God is the good shepherd in our life. And we trust that he's going to provide for us. And then there's going to be those times when we might not fully trust that. And we struggle with our doubts. And if that's you tonight, I I just want you to know that you're not alone. I think all of us in some capacity struggle with times when we just, we have great faith and we believe. And then there's other times we just feel a little bit rocked by our circumstances or challenges in life. And I just want to encourage and challenge us, if, if that's you, to, to find rest in the arms of your shepherd. Maybe look back in your life and see how he's provided for you in the past and, and how he's even brought you to this place tonight. Because I do believe that he wants to speak this over you, that he loves you, that he will provide all that you need. And something practical that you can do this week to get to know your shepherd's voice. If you think back to that video we watched with the shepherd calling out to the sheep and how they, they responded to him, that's not something that happened overnight. That happened through the sheep spending time with the shepherd, getting to know the voice, seeing and trusting him as he cared and provided and took care of them over time. And so in the same way, get to know the voice of the Good Shepherd by spending time opening up his word, the Bible. There's no way that you'll ever recognize his voice over all the other voices in your life if you don't spend time with him, reading his word, and praying with him. And I think sometimes we can get misled to believe that, that prayer and reading God's word are, are just mere functions of our relationship the reality is they are the epitome of our relationship with God. It's how we communicate to him. It's how we, we hear from him. And so maybe start there. If that's something you know that you, you don't really do regularly, I promise you won't regret it if you do. If some of you are, are maybe in a place where you never thought you would be, and you are really struggling here tonight, I encourage you to be reminded of this verse. And maybe read it over and over again. And sometimes if you want something different in your life, you need to do something different. I know for me, this verse convicted me because I know that there's, there's times when I forget that he's my good shepherd. And I pray for things in my life, and then it's like he provides. And then I'm like, thanks, God. I'm just going to take it from here. 
and run, and then it's, it's like I'm prone to wander and I'm prone to stray and try to do it my own way, like Isaiah said, like a sheep. And then I get frustrated that things aren't turning out the way that I hope they would. And then I'm reminded I need him. And I think back to about seven years ago when I started this job. You guys, I can't even tell you how terrified I was. I mean, I probably wasn't like David terrified where it, like he felt his life was on the line. But I had never done this kind of thing in my life. I never had a job like this where I was up in front of people. I, I was the type of person that was like anything but that. That's like my worst nightmare. And I, I do hear that speaking, public speaking is like one of the greatest fears for most people. But I was like, God, I can't do this without you. And I desperately clung to him and I recognized my need for him. And then it's like, so then I started and I'm like, thanks God for getting me here. And I started just going. And then I felt like it was, I was trying to do it on my own strength. And I'm just gonna be honest, it was a mess. I was struggling, the ministry was struggling. And I, I, I felt like I lost my, my footing, my faith at times. And I was just reminded In the words of Francis Chan, my biggest failure as a shepherd was failing as a sheep. I needed to be reminded that I need my shepherd. I can't, I can't lead this flock if I'm not following the good shepherd myself. And so please know just my heart, I pray for you guys. Every person that when you guys walk through these doors, I'm just praying, God, may they know and experience you in such a powerful way. May they just fall in love with you. I pray this for you guys, but I also realize, like, I need your guys' prayers, too, to lead with humility, to be reminded and remember that I, I need to be desperately seeking my shepherd as well. So will you, guys, will you guys pray with me? God, we, we're so grateful for your Psalm 23 that you give us, Lord, through David. God, we pray that our hearts would be daily reminded of how you are a good shepherd, Lord, and how you provide. God, may we recognize of all the things that we want in this life, God, if we don't have it, there's a good chance that we don't need it because you would have already provided it for us. May we have hearts that are grateful for the ways in which you provide the things that we need in our life. May we have a healthy perspective of who you are, God, as it dictates how we have relationship with you and ultimately how we live this life. God, may we know you as our personal shepherd and trust that you will love us and guide us and pick us up when we fall and when we're injured, carry us on your shoulders. God, I pray that for anyone in this room tonight that is maybe just feeling beaten down by life and its circumstances, God, that just needs to be picked up, I pray that you would just give them that sense right now that your spirit, Lord, would just fill their hearts and their minds.
God, may we never forget of your love and your care for us. We love you, and it's in the powerful name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thank you for being a part of our community opening the word today. We here at Unite challenge you to grow in your relationship with God, to grow in your relationship with others, and to go out and live a Christ-centered life. To learn more about Unite, follow our social media pages or go to our website at mpcc.org unite. God bless. Thank you.